And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. It's time to talk dollars and cents with the man who always makes sense, Luke Smith from Envision Financial. Good afternoon. Thanks for dropping by once again. I've got news for you. Have you? Yeah. Apparently, officially, average annual earnings for people in a full-time job have now reached, have a guess how much? Mm, oh, 92000 How did you guess? I showed you the headline before, didn't I? Very much so. $92,000 is now the average earnings, annual earnings, for ordinary time, full-time workers. Okay? It's more than that if you add in uh, overtime and bonuses. And, yep, and yep, that sort of thing. Yep. And is that Australia-wide or that's is that a, the that's ACT? A, that, no, that's Australia-wide. All right. So what's the ACT? So 140? In, in the ACT, <laughs> oh, well, you're being cheeky now. But it's actually 103,152. Yeah. I was going to say minimum. With what I so see walking in the door, yeah, I'd say minimum 100. It's more than $11,000 a year more than the national average. Hmm. Uh, so that's quite significant. Uh, if you add in uh, bonuses, uh, commissions, penalty rates, overtimes, and so forth, uh, it's closer to 95,000 than 92 on average. Right. Uh, if you um, include all workers, that is, Casual, part-time, full-time, everybody. Yep. The average then falls to just under seventy thousand dollars a year, gross. Right. So when you think about it, you know somebody working casual. I mean, you know that's not bad, is it? Oh, look, I think it's a wonderful illustration of people have an opportunity to go and get a job in many different capacities and be relatively well remunerated for it. I've got to say, though, the problem with an average as opposed to a median is that when you have the average, it includes people like Twiggy Forrest. And, and he might sort of skew the average a little bit. And this is where it's, I think it's important if you, you can also look at this from a, an industry perspective, a location perspective. You know, yeah. what is it in Queensland? What is it, what is it in the ACT in the government? What is it in the ACT in construction? You, you know, as you say, it's, it's very subjective. Um, and I think people really mm. just need to make sure that they stay in their lane. Well, that's know, right. That's the thing, of course, is that the $92,000 figure is kind of the benchmark that a lot of people refer to. But if you really want to f- take a more accurate picture of how people are actually living life, uh, you'd want to look at the median figure. And I don't have the median figure because mm. that hasn't been reported today, but mm. it would be, generally speaking, quite a bit lower oh, than that. Yeah. yeah, exactly right. Anyway, Very we're here today talking about moving our super from one fund to another fund, mm. which these days, I believe, Luke, is actually a lot simpler than it used to be. Yeah, look, it is and it isn't. Um, this is another one of these areas where the government have stepped in and changed how it's done and have made a real mess of part of that process. In the past, you used to roll over your superannuation, the super fund would cut a cheque, it would be sent to you or sent to the receiving fund. No problems. Then they created an electronic system for moving the money from one to another, which in theory sounds great. Um, And for the vast majority of rollovers, a very simple way of operating. The complexity and frustration becomes apparent when you start dealing with things like self-managed super funds and they then created director IDs, they then created uh, what's called an ESA and the ESA stands for electronic service address. So this is an, uh, an address that is created for the super fund that is then sent to the ATO as part of the rollover transfer that now needs to be either done by the controller of the ESA, which could be you as the individual in the super fund, 
or the accountant if they've gone and got it, which in a lot of instances, that's what people do. They'll set up a self-managed super fund with their accountant. The accountant will get the ESA. And now the accountant is responsible for the electronic triggering of the rollover process. So it has changed significantly over the years. Some would say for better, a lot would say for worse, depending on uh, the type of funds that you're dealing with. Um, But it is not, in general terms, a difficult thing to do. And I think the important takeout from today's chat is that there is a process. Make sure you have your paperwork in train. Make sure you have ID and you are very accurate in the way that you record the address information of your fund. Because if you get the naming convention slightly wrong, the ATO system will melt down. If things don't match up, things will melt down. If you don't have ABNs and bank accounts and all of the other things in place before you do the rollover, things will melt down. And again, I'm referring to the SMSF side of that process. If you've got an industry fund and you're moving to another industry fund or you have an industry fund moving to a personal superannuation fund with a big name provider like Macquarie or Colonial or BT or one of those, a lot of that is very uh, simple to undertake and it's, it's, it's really quite a straightforward process. Go to the fund you want to be in, open up an account. Most of them as part of that account opening process have rollover paperwork. You then simply say, I'm coming from here, it's going to be paid here. Here is all my personal information. And the important distinction with this is you don't have to roll over all of your balance. You might want to say, I'll have half my fund in fund A and I'm going to move half to fund B for a range of different reasons. And some of those reasons may be that you want to buy specific assets. Some of those reasons may be that you want to be able to have a more appropriate investment menu because where you are at the moment may be very limited. You may like a particular investment that you want to hold. Um, You may want to manage um, different tax components for money that's coming into superannuation. And we've talked about that in previous shows about not mixing up the taxable and tax-free components of your super. So there are a range of reasons that you may roll over your benefit. It may not be that you're in a poorly performing fund. That may just be one reason that you can consider. But there are a range of other reasons that you may consider rolling things over and maintaining more than one structure. Yeah, I was going to mention this question of being in a poorly performing fund. That's the most obvious reason somebody might want to make a change. And of course, there's been a lot of talk about making comparisons between one fund and another. And uh, we now even have the uh, the convenience of the government requiring poorly performing funds to send us a letter to tell us that mm. they're a, perfor- a poorly performing fund. Um, but aside from if you're looking for a better return, what, what are some of the other reasons people might want to actually make a change? Yeah, so I'd roll over for a different insurance provider. You may not be able to get insurance where you are and moving to another fund may either offer a group contract that is not medically underwritten. That can be very beneficial. Uh, two, you may be able to buy listed shares. You may not be able to buy that in the fund that you're in. You may want to hold cost-effective ETFs or exchange-traded funds. So let's say you wanted to go and buy the ASX 200 biggest companies in one ETF at a cost of about 0.15 of a percent. An ETF is a very cost-effective tool that gives great diversification. Now, the fund that you're in may not offer that because as we've said in the past, super funds are a lot like cars. They all have different features 
and they all have different attributes that you may or may not like. So rolling to another fund is a great way of getting a better investment menu. Uh, you may also roll over to separate where new money's going to come in. If you plan on making a downsizer contribution, you plan on making uh, a non-concessional contribution in the future, you may not want to add that to your existing fund. So in that scenario, you might say, well, I'm going to roll over $6,000. I'm going to use some of that original money to open a new account. And then I'm going to add my new money into fund number two for estate planning and long-term tax benefits. So they're three very easy ways uh, that people can move. Charges, the existing costs of what you're in, regardless of performance, a lot of people use performance and cost as two of their immediate measures yeah. because they're it's, easier to look at. Yeah, and that's the other side of the coin, isn't it? Uh, part one is how much money am I making and part two is how much money is this costing me? Exactly right. So you may move to another fund because it could be significantly cheaper um, and we often see that, especially where people have master trusts or older funds that they haven't looked at for many years. The, the ability to work out the true cost of super is, is it's not easy because you've got admin costs, you've got internal cost ratios, you've got performance fees, you, you've got a raft of different things to get a, a true summary of the cost. Is, it's not straightforward. It, it's not impossible, but it's also not here it is on one page right in front of me. You've really got to go looking. So um, that's, that's a key consideration. Managing the asset allocation. We spoke about that last week or the week before, looking at the mix of assets. You may want to hold growth assets in, in superannuation in a certain fund and other assets in another. So again, it just comes down to aligning your why and making sure that you're moving to a fund in a controlled manner with information to get an outcome that is in your best interests and in line with your longer term objectives. So what should people consider when thinking about rolling over their super? So number one, why? Make sure your why is appropriate, not just because all the ladies at the water cooler on a Thursday said this one's better. Um, we often see that. Um, people come in regularly and go, can I have a self-managed super fund? Why? Well, all the lads at work have got one. Do you know what's going on with all of the lads at work financially? No, but they've all got one, so can I have one? To be like me buying a Mini. Great car, I just may not fit in it. Superfund may not be right for you, depending on your broader situation. So make sure your why is appropriate. Consider the asset allocation. Consider the fees. Cheaper is not always better. You've got to look at returns on an after-cost basis. Look at the investment menu. Move to a fund that will give you the flexibility that you may be looking for. There's nothing more frustrating than leaping into something, thinking you can do it, without doing your homework and finding out that, oh, that investment's not available in that fund. I can't buy this particular share and we don't offer these overseas investments. So make sure that the investment menu, if that's your key driver, check it out. Get a copy of the approved product list and see what's available. Because if you want to buy something outside of the ASX 300 and it's not an approved product of the fund, they won't let you buy it. Also consider the individual weightings of assets so what i mean by that is you might love 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 macquarie bank just m pick a stock macquarie bank okay well they've done all right in recent times they've done fine um you might want to hold a hundred percent of your fund in macquarie bank 
But if the fund has an asset-weighted limit, they might turn around and say, well, of your total fund value, you can't have more than 30%. So that will be frustrating. So these are the sorts of things that you just need to check. Make sure you have your self-managed super fund information ready and in place. Funds open, bank accounts open, ABN has been received, director IDs are in place if you have a corporate trustee. Make sure your paperwork is watertight because that rollover through the Superstream system with self-managed super funds can be a pain in the you-know-what if you don't have all of your ducks lined up. Um, I'd also then consider, as I mentioned earlier, the taxable and tax-free makeup of your fund and the strategies that you're going to use going forwards. Think about separating that money because it can have significant benefits for adult children should anything unexpected happen to you and money needs to be paid out to children from super that are not dependents. So check the tax status of your fund um, and make sure that when you do roll over, you update your employer. So all new funds when you move in, you will have what's called a complying fund letter. And that just tells the HR department of whoever you work for, hey, this is a legitimate super fund under the rules Mm -hmm. and you can pay money in here and here's all the details. So you can then make sure that they don't keep paying money into a fund that's going to bounce the money back because your account's no longer there. And the last one is check your insurances. Don't ever move your super and lose existing insurances without having new insurances in place. And that might mean that you roll over 90% of your benefit, get your new insurances in place in the new fund, and then roll over the balance of your money so you're insured at all times. Don't assume you can get insured at the new fund and cancel what you have only to find out later that there are tears involved because of something that was out of your control. Today, we're talking about how do I move my super to another fund. So, Luke, what are the key things to remember when rolling over? Yeah, the first one is um, functionality. I think functionality trumps cost because being able to use a very broad investment menu can be advantageous from a return perspective and not everything is about being cheaper because when in life was the cheapest thing the best thing you could buy. Uh, I think it's just one measure of value. So don't just do it on relation to cost. Do it in relation to a combination of cost and functionality. Also then make sure that the investment menu allows you to buy the things you want to buy. That's really important because different super funds can have vastly different investment menus from four funds to 5,000 funds. Make sure that the fund you're going to gives you access to the things that are important to you. Check and make sure that there are admin benefits. So are the payment systems online? Will they pay a pension on a fortnightly basis, a monthly basis? So make sure that their admin functionality aligns with what you need. Some funds will let you make uh, a weekly pension payment, a fortnightly pension payment, a monthly pension payment. Just make sure that it gives you the, the services that you're after before you move to it. Check your taxable contributions and think about your broader strategy. That's very important. Make sure you're not adding tax-free money to taxable money because that can get really ugly for the kids. Um, And then primarily ensure that if you're going down the self-managed super fund road, you're working with an accountant that understands the ESA rules, make sure all of your fund information is set up, all of your naming conventions are consistent, you have your ABN, you have everything in place before you do the rollover because if anything doesn't match at the ATO, it's electronic. It's not like you can ring someone up and have a chat. 
There's no human involved. It's all it's all done through a database. Um, and finally, make sure your move aligns with your broader why. You've got to keep your strategy moving in the right direction. And if you go to a fund that's going to inhibit your ability to do things in the future, it may not be in your best interests, even if it does appear a little bit cheaper in the short term. So keep a few of those things in mind and you'll, you'll end up in a super fund that's appropriate for you. Well, we can only keep our fingers crossed, but of That's course, it. you know, um, you know, if you if you pay attention to the details and do all your due diligence, you might find that your luck improves as well. Correct, indeed. Uh, so, look, Correct. it's around about that time of the program when I ask you, where can listeners get more information? Yeah. So, look, if you're not sure, six two six zero four seven four nine. If taxable and tax free contributions confuse you, or you just want clarity, give us a call. Envisionfinancial.com.au. We've got the website. Uh, we've also got the podcast, The Strategy Stacker, Luke Talks Money on iTunes and Spotify, and we've we've got the YouTube channel, Envision Financial Canberra, where you can subscribe to the channel, watch the show, get the key takeouts before and after the program, and you don't have to read anything, which is right up our alley. Well, absolutely. <laughs> now, you'll be back again next Friday afternoon at the usual time to we'll talk s- money all over again. We'll see you at 4.30. Indeed. Thanks very much.